everyone, and welcome to episode 238 of CBQ Legacy. That's comic book queers if you're not in the know, but you are in the know. And you know who else is in the know? My co-host, Brett. Hello, Brett. Hello. And I'm, I'm not Evil only Jeff. in the know. Hi, Evil Jeff. Hi. Not only am I in the know, I am in the loop. Oh, you are in the loop because some shit went down in New York that I was not a part of. I was just in my boring little life here in L.A. And you're off in New York going to Comic-Cons? Yes, your life is boring and small while mine is wonderful. I went to Comic-Con here in New York City and my God, what a treat. What an experience. Post-Con blues is a real thing. How many days was it? Was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Girl, I went Thursday through Sunday. Oh, shit. You went every day. Yeah. I went every day. Four-day badge. Well, give me the deets. Okay. First of all, wait, Um, wasn't it? Didn't you host like like a gay bar thing? That was one of the highlights. It was a um, a meetup, a mixer of X-Men podcasts. So it was us, well, me. It was Homo Superior, it was House of X, it was Power of X, it was the Ex-Wife podcast, um, and there's one I'm missing. I'm going to freak out about that for the next few minutes, uh, but it was so much fun. We just met up at a rooftop um, at a hotel near Javits, had a grand old time, like listeners, fans, friends, whoever they were showed up. Um, we were right next to a Daredevil-themed party that was put up by the people who were responsible for hashtag renew daredevil, hashtag save daredevil, the people who (laughs) pat themselves on the back for getting Charlie Cox into the MCU where, you know, we sort of stood in the peripheral and whispered, it wasn't you. Um, But they were reveling just, um, just as well. Uh, But no, we had a great time. It was so much fun. It was great to meet people in person, talk about X-Men. Good time had by all. I had to leave a little bit early because I had friends from Chicago in town and so, and we had other things I promised them we would do. Um, but uh, Dylan from the House of X podcast was so kind as to Photoshop me into a group photo um, that was posted on social media. That was so nice. Dylan, thank you so much. And um, uh, they were Photoshop. They might as well put me in there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You hear that? Like um, me on a beach. But it was so, <laughs> it was so great. But that's not all. Uh, Evil Jeff, I want to text you a photo. Do you mind if I do it right now on okay. the air? Oh, oh shit. I mean, I think, I, is it the one that you've already posted? Because I saw one. Yes. Oh, you saw it already? Yes. You basically, the love of your life. <sighs> you had a picture with the love of your life. I had a picture with the love of my life, Sebastian Stan, and I wore my t-shirt. Okay, but Sebastian Stan, though. Uh, and you can find it online if you look at the Comic Book Queers Insta. Um, it made him laugh. Gotta say, the COVID edition of the thin sheet of fiberglass or plastic in between you and the celebrity, it really makes them feel like a zoo animal. You know, like I didn't feel like I met Sebastian Stan. I feel like I observed yeah, Sebastian yeah. Stan. And then especially how they make you take like a raw piece of steak and you have to put it through that hole. 
Yeah, exactly. It's and I've so never weird. seen him, never seen him look less sexy <laughs> than in that moment. No, it was really cute. I walked up to him. He like was looking into my eyes because how could you not? And then I pointed at my shirt and said, so stupid, I know. And he looked and started cracking up. Then we took the photo and then we uh, said goodbye. And he was like laughing again. Oh, it was so cute. What an actor. Yeah, I don't Speaking know how people actors, do meet and greets. I, I, that seems like, that literally would be my like my inner circle of hell. I actually would love it. Well, you're an like extrovert. Eight. I'm an introvert. It's literally but, an introvert's nightmare. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm a lazy extrovert in that like eight seconds is all. Eight seconds of concentrated power is all you get from me. <laughs> I would thrive in that environment. Did you meet anybody else? Not me, but well, yes, and I'll get into that. But another celebrity I want to talk about is seeing Oscar Isaac on stage being interviewed in like an Oscar Isaac spotlight. Um, my friend and I got to sit pretty close and it was really cool. He's really cute, but you can tell probably so enjoyable to talk to. Yeah. He's witty, he's sharp, he knows when to be succinct, he knows when to elaborate, he punctuates with these adorable faces that convey the emotional mood. He's a master conversation. How clean cut was he? Was he more shaven or was he a little more swarthy? Oh, see, I don't like that. I want him swarthy. Yeah, I mean, he had a little bit of like stubble, a little bit of grayish (sighs) stubble going on. He's Gorge. Oh, he's gorgeous. Is he one of those? There's sometimes you see a celebrity and they're just even more like when I saw Jake Gyllenhaal in person, you're like, oh, oh, wow. I feel like all of them, all of them, when you see them, you're like, oh, I get it. And also you have a team of people doing that to you. Yeah. Making you look like that. But, you know, enough about these celebrities, Evil Jeff. There are creators there, too. Some of our favorites. Ooh. Do you know who I got? I got to sign a poster of, um, remember Morrison's run, uh, specifically the final arc, Here Comes Tomorrow, set in the far future, drawn by Mark Silvestri. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember that cover of Wolverine, like dressing the tank top and the jeans with the cowboy hat? Yeah. Looking over his shoulder at the camera and you see his like juicy big ass. You got Mark Silvestri to sign it? Yeah. Oh. And I got to tell Mark Silvestri how impactful the Outback era was on me. Yeah. A thing he's heard literally four billion times, but I got to say it. It left my body. I would personally, if I had to get Mark Silvestri to sign anything, um, I would I would choose uh, 242 of Inferno. Oh, for sure. Ugh. Is that the the one with Neaster's hand, uh, Sinister's hand and Madeline and... No, that's the one where Storm is like, it's it's where the evil, the X-Men have been like taken over by the darkness. And it's the first time they're kind of revealed. And it opens up with Jean Grey oh, and Wolverine kissing. The iconic Wolverine. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, I, Inferno is issue is what I meant to say. Um, I met Mark Brooks. So Mark Brooks is the artist, almost like a painter, who, you know, those big like House of X um inferno like when the all the the whole cast of characters yeah is in that poster together and it looks like you know sometimes it looks like the last supper it's always yeah. like very symbolic oh, he did those he, you know he does those and a lot of other great covers he did the cover of immortal x-men where emma is kind of wrapped up in her bed sheets like she's like sprawled yeah 
over her bed. I bought that poster and asked Mark Brooks to sign that, and he did. Hot. So that was hot. Saw Jonathan Hickman in person, like one foot away from me. Uh, Jerry Duggan, like one foot away from me, said hello. You know, thank you so much. Talked to Zeb Wells for a while. Nice. Zeb Zeb Wells, who writes Hellions. Yes. Zeb Wells, who wrote the Retreat episode of She-Hulk. Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even pay attention to that. Just like, I just stood at his table. There was like no one else around. So I just stood at his table and just chatted him up. It was a lovely conversation. Talking about how he broke into TV writing. Did you know that people from Wizard Magazine were part of the original crew of Robot Chicken? Oh, no. And those were his friends. And so they brought him in to start write, write a little bit here and there for Robot Chicken. And that's how he like got his TV creds. Do, uh, do you have off the top of your head best uh, Robot Chicken sketch? Because I have one. Ooh, I do not. Tell me. Bitch Pudding. Bitch Pudding. Which one is that? It's Strawberry Shortcake. <laughs> but there's... <laughs> and then she's trying to name Baby. It's like Baby Have No Name or whatever. And she's like, yeah. Baby Have No Name. We need to figure out a name for you. And then, just, and then in comes Bitch Pudding. And she's like, <laughs> and she's like, what up, hoes? And in the end, she's like, your name is Cunt Face, you cunt face. <laughs> oh, God. So Sounds good. great. Um, yeah, so I just thought that was fascinating that people from Wizard... Made the jump to Robot Chicken. Anyway. Um, Robot Chicken was when I used to work in pornography, they were the studio right next to my porno studio. So I would see celebrities out smoking. Like that were were doing like guests. Like Seth Green. Oh. Like Mila Kunas and things like that. Yeah. Oh, fun. Maybe Ashton. I did not see him, but I'm sure he was there. This was, oh no, Um, this was before they were together. Oh, okay. Anyway. Maybe they were still fucking. But then, do you have any other more sightings, or are we going to talk about spoilers, news? Yeah, I want to I want to move into news. Um, so many, just like, you saw everybody. Like, it, it was so celebrity-packed. It was so creator-packed. It was so packed-packed. The cosplay was incredible. It just was fantastic. Pardon the pun. Let's talk about my favorite part of the whole weekend, the orgy. No, the <laughs> Marvel Next Big Thing panel. Oh, them Evil releasing Jeff. all the new comics or the new movies? Yeah, I, I was in the room. Oh, okay. I was in the room, in fact, sitting with our other podcast friends and um, was there for all the news. Uh, I in did fact, see the releases of what those new things are going to be. Yeah. Kaylin from um, Homo Superior has a video of me reacting pretty strongly to uh dark web specifically the fact that spider-man iceman and firestar are going to be like a trio in this event nice so and like i'll go into what they announced overall and then we'll dive into the two specific that we want to dive into because i think it is two specific things that i think we want to dive into things being events of course yeah so we got a slate. They put up a slate as if it was the MCU, which was hilarious. And they were announcing these six events, which are Avengers Assemble in November of this year, and then Dark Web, which is the Spider-Man X-Men crossover, is December. And then we've got Sins of Sinister in January. Hello. 
Captain That's America: Cold War. To. Oh, yeah. uh, you think Captain America: Cold War in spring? Um, the one I know you're really looking forward to: Summer of the Symbiotes in summer. No, <laughs> forget it. And I'm then done. right after Who, that, but who's 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 in that? Is that a big crossover event? No idea. They just gave us like the title. Ugh. These are all significant-ish events. I mean, they're happening like a month apart from one another, so they're not grand like Judgment Day, I don't think. Uh, but then you've got Fall of X coming in the summer of next year as and well. And did they reveal what any of that meant? The only thing they said, so let's talk Fall of X first. The only thing they said, it was Jerry Duggan that said it. He was like, the mutants have been kind of winning for a while now. And people were like, no, they haven't. Fuck yeah. People were yelling at that comment. I wanted to yell, oh, he meant thriving. Quiet, everybody. Let him finish. And he's like, I think it's time that, and certainly the humans think it's time to take them down a few pegs. And that's all. He's like, things are not going to go well for our mutants. This is all I want to say. If they try to do a thing. Yep. Here we go. Where they genocide a bunch of mutants. <laughs> I'm going to be really annoyed. You can't keep genociding them. Right. No genociding of more mutants. Stop it. If they want to be like, you're not a country anymore. You, you're this. Oh, oh everything's bad. Or we're going to stop you from resurrecting. Like, we're going to prevent you from resurrecting? Fine. But if it's like, oh, no, there's only 200 mutants left because everyone was genocided. I can't. I... We'll, I know. I will be genocide done. is so passe. I will do a genocide. Universe. I will fucking do a genocide. I will I'll go genocide to we- my 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 brains. I'll go to WeHo and <laughs> no. I mean, well, um. So I want to bring up Fall of X later on in this show. Maybe specifically when we talk about X Men Red Number Seven. Hmm? Okay. Okay, but. Sins of Sinister. I can't wait. It's the new AOA, Evil Jeff. Yeah. So it's taking place in an alternate reality. Oh, really? I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing that Sinister created. Oh, with the um, Moira bubbles. Yeah, probably. And so it is so akin to AOA. Did you notice that three books are going to have title changes? During Sins of Sinister? Oh, really? What? I didn't I didn't pay attention to that. Um, X-Men Red will be what? Will be Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I just thought that was like another book. Oh, okay. All right. No, no, that's like the AOA equivalent version of what X-Men Red will become. Okay. Love um it. yeah. Um uh, Legion of X will become Nightcrawlers. Love it. And immortal X Men will become immoral X Men. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> see, I'm all down for this, and I will say this: if it does come down to like the country they have falls apart because Xavier and all of his lies all come forward and everything falls apart, I'm down with that fall of X. If that leads to that, well, I think that's exactly what was foreshadowed and telegraphed in X Men Red Number Seven. Yes, by Magneto yes. right yes. before he died. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be Xavier. He's going to do something. Yeah. The weird thing is, well, I mean, we'll talk about it later. I, I had some weirdness of the way Magneto viewed Xavier. I was like, yeah, gay. It was, it was strange. But anyway. <laughs> oh, well, we knew that for years. 
Um, so yeah, that I mean that really is like sins of sinister. You know, it's it's going to be a new AOA style alternate reality, but it looks like oh, it's going to take place ten years into the future, one hundred years into the future, and one thousand years into the future. So I'm guessing that's why you're seeing characters like Rasputin show up on promo art. Sweet, love it. Yeah, love it. Exciting because Very that's exciting. the thing is with the one of the big things with uh, Powers of Ten was the fact that there was these how do you say them chimeras chimeras kind of, we still don't know chimeras we'll never know. but they were made by who sinister so I'm sure this is probably the origin of him creating them maybe I bet you we're gonna get a, the first one of them <gasps> that's my prediction. Well, I mean, we're going to have, yeah, I mean, Rasputin's in there. She's one. But she's one from the way in the future. I think yeah, there's going to be one that he's going to make right now. Oh, I would love it to be North. North? Northwest? North. He was half Polaris, half Emma. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You need to take this character seriously. Wait, who? He was half, oh my God. He was half Polaris, half Emma. He was like the green Magneto looking dude. When was that? A uh, little book called Powers of Ten. Little little guy who was on Apocalypse Four Horsemen at the end there. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, okay. He's half Emma. And he's dressed like Magneto. And he's or, a man. Well, But what about Diamond Claw? <gasps> oh, Diamond Patch? Diamond Patch, that's it. Let's bring back Diamond Patch. <laughs> anytime I'm ready, Marvel. Anytime you want to bring back Diamond Patch, I am ready. Emma was like, oh my God, was I merged with Logan? And did I like it? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been talking about these X-Men so much. I feel like we should move into our next segment, which is all about X-Men books. Hit it. I want your All right. Do you think we should just talk about X-Men Red since we already started? Yeah. Yeah, because I um, fucking loved this book. There were two things that were said of high significance. I want to eat it and swallow it. Okay. It's great. It's great. This one is- Energy and power. It's so good. It's so good. First of all, it finally, it brings into question that- Iska the Unbeaten. Is it the Unbeatable or the Unbeaten? Unbeaten. The Unbeaten is actually not powerful. She's actually just trapped. She's just trapped. She's just trapped into whatever the circumstances are. Because if the circumstances are beyond her means, she just has to switch sides. Um. Yeah, so I find that interesting. I will say the little switcheroo that... um. What's the no-name guy's name? The unnamed? Fisher King. I call him Fisher King. The Fisher King. What he did, I was like, I was saying this before of like, how come no one's been like, bet you can't kill yourself? Like, why? <laughs> right. Like, I, I'm surprised people, and I was like, and it was like, oh, that won't work. But then he was just like, basically, like, I bet you can't feel everything that, you know, 
all the pain of everything. You can't feel lost. You can't feel lost. I bet you can't feel lost. Yeah, and then she does, and that's when she kind of just sees that she's just a victim and trapped of her own thing, and she just, she ends up just resigning herself and being like, I'm not going to take over. Because originally she was like, I'm Iska the Unbeaten, I'm going to take over everything, nobody can tell me what to do, blah, 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 fuck you. She's like, fuck you, what are you looking at? Fuck you, what are you looking at? And now she's like, I'll be in my trailer forever. But I also love that Storm is like, I'll fight you, but my power is I can't be beaten. She's like, do I look scared? Storm is just so badass. And I just like, I want this book to come out even more. I just want more Storm because I feel like we're we're just tapping into just the surface of how awesome she is. And I want more. I want more Storm. So whatever this Brotherhood of the Evil, a Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and Storm shit, I'm going to fucking eat that shit up. All about that shit. Because she's just so badass. And then poor Magneto dies. And as he's dying, he's just like, you need to watch Xavier. He's... He's like, you know, he, me and Moira and Xavier, we thought we could do this, but you know, I think he's like, we were a thruple. Yeah. It's just like, but he's kind of like, he's, he's a good man. I'm like, you don't believe any of this. (laughs) He's a good man. And how far are good men willing to go to show you how good they are? (laughs) I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. Basically he's like, he's good. I'm in love with him and I'm gay. So I'm still going to say he's good, but secretly storm, you know what I'm saying? He's going to fuck shit. You know what I mean? Like watch watch out for that shady bitch. Yeah. Cause in the end, I have a feeling it's going to come down to, um, because I think there's these three forces of Xavier thinks he's running everything and Agent Brand thinks she's running everything. But guess what? Storm's running everything. She's the fucking queen of the solar system, bitches. She sure fucking is. She's literally, isn't that her name? Isn't Wasn't she named Empress of the Solar System or some shit like that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't fuck with her. I also love that she renounces her throne on the not her throne she announces her seat on the great ring to um logos uh logos lotos yeah so she was in the seat of all right she was in like the seat of all around us like this in the day yeah section and she took over magnetos. so she she took over magnetos who took over tarns so that was originally tarn seat so now she sits with dawn in the seat of loss yeah and then she's got no one in Dawn with her yeah. because Iska bailed. And the other one, Iska killed. And the other one was it was killed, was beheaded. So then we've got Laktuka, Lotus Logos, and then um, that sexy axolotl dude, Sobinar, mm-hmm. in the seat of day. Yeah. And then we've got Big Eyeball, Aura Serata. Um, Xylo, the, the wormy guy. And then vacant because Lotus Logos used to sit there. Yeah. And then we know who Knight, Fisher King, Sunspot, Lady Nightcrawler. Yeah. What I'm fascinated by. So I checked. Obviously, I checked back in with the Great Ring. Really wanted to keep track of like what is what. I never fully digested the pill of what the seats are and what they mean. And so I dove into that. I want to talk about that insect guy who was basically reduced to, you know, like 12 percent of what he used to be or whatever and he doesn't remember a lot of things that was sad but do you know what what makes it even sadder he sat in the seat of history it was his job to be consulted on matters of lore and recording iraq and now he's lost it that was his purpose Uh, i didn't appreciate that so sad oh god 
He's like, I need a new name for what I am now. And I was like, how about cutie pie? And how about you get in my pants? I mean, not in a sexual way, in my pocket so I can take you home. Zylo, stop looking at me like that. I want to talk about one other thing about Magneto's death. One thing. Okay. One thing. Oh my God. A quick side note. I have been watching just people watching Clue for the first time on YouTube. Really? I just think. Oh yeah. There's things you can watch anything of like people reacting. I love watching reaction videos. And so I just started watching people like being like, there's this movie Clue and just watching the joy of their faces. I just fast forward to like good parts and they're like, what? This is the best thing I've ever seen. Just like young Gen Zers discovering it. And you're like, yay. Anyway, watch Clue. Um, But the thing is, is Storm said something very significant, which is also why I love the writing in this too. She was like, come on, you know, like, you know, we can bring you back. (laughs) And he's like, we erased the thing. She's like, you know, that's all like bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's like, you know, there are other, yeah, we did erase the thing, but there are other ways. This is what I think is going to lead to the fall of X. I think Xavier is going to resurrect Magneto and completely lose. Go against Storm. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's going to sever the relationship with Arako. He's going to, and then it's going to be Storm being like, you can't resurrect him. He didn't want it. You can't resurrect him. And not only that, Xavier is going to resurrect Magneto and only do a backup that's way older and doesn't remember anything except what Xavier wants him to. Yeah, it's bad. It's going to be fucked up. So that was a very significant thing. Uh, this is so well written. Is there anything else you want to talk about in red? No. Because then you compare that with Marauders. <laughs> and I apologize. I just like, I work on, like, I'm someone, I create shows, and I know what it's like for someone to just, like, leave a comment, like, this is the worst thing ever, and I hate it. So I just want to say, I'm sure this writer is probably talented and can do other things. I'm sure maybe the artist can draw something that looks good, but I just, it is not for me. I'm trying to be diplomatic. It is not Not for me. I'm not not a a fan. fan. And my biggest problem was the fact that they were trying to find these proto-mutants from 2 billion years ago. And you, you you bet your bottom dollar that they brought it up. They brought it up. Who was it? Let me see if I can find it really quick. Someone finally was like, um, this doesn't make any sense. Um, how I think it might have been Cerebra. Was like, how can they be two billion years old? Like, there wasn't anything there. And basically, the what they said, basically it was like two billion years ago, there was only like plankton. There was only like few celled organisms you can't like or like maybe small small fish or something like there's no way there could be full humans and basically they were like well because of all of the like organic because of all the corruption like all the like whatever uh lava and raining of fire that's happened in all that time it's probably erased all the history of everything so there probably was and we just don't have the records of it in fossils and I was like, Go. don't try. Don't even try it. Don't. Don't try it. Don't. And then and then they come up with another weird, stupid thing for Somnus to do. So he has some sort of purpose. Somnus can just go jerk off in the side. It's 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 like, oh, make all of them like put them in sleep jail. It's like, okay, this is boring. It's and then it's like, let's bring Cerebra. Let's X-Men 2099. If you were like, you know what this horrible book needs? Let's put someone from 
X-Men 2099? That book was terrible. It's like I said this earlier. He's pulling from his 12-year-old era, his 12, 13-year-old era. You know, because that everyone thinks that era is the best. No, but we have I can sit there and do a full dissertation of why mine is better, and I will win. Sure. I'm sorry. You're gonna try and put X-Men 2099 versus the outback of Chris Claremont X-Men? No. 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 Sure. I mean, I think you're right. I agree. And it's just it's just a bunch of characters I hate. It's a bunch of characters that I like doing stupid things and not acting like themselves. Kate Pride is doing nothing. Cassandra Nova is just being like bitchy, but then it's like, but I I just I I hate it. I hate it. I yeah. Hate it. I understand. I didn't even read it. How about that? I bought it. Didn't even read it. Yeah, oh, it's just it's just going Marauders. No way. You're in danger, girl. How about we talk about X-Men number 15 from two weeks ago? When does this take place? I was When? Like, does this take place before Axe? I know, I know. I'm like, wait, it's the new lineup, but none of the Axe stuff is happening? Okay, I'll allow it, but I don't like it. Oh, wait, I have to bring up one last thing with uh, Marauders. They did resurrect the people. And it's three, it's three new mutants from two billion years okay. ago. All right. So it's not like a hundred. And one controls gravity. One can merge other people and the other one can eat anything. So, you know, these I'm so are sorry. necessary. So we have Matter Eater Lad. That's great. Did you say somebody who can merge two people? So are you telling me Diamond Patch is a possibility? Maybe, but that's how, because when they came out of the egg, it was one person and then they split into three. Because that was that person's power. And of course, what are they going to do? They want to go back two billion years ago and save everybody. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. I'm done. I'm done. I hate it. I hate it. Okay, so back to X-Men. And then they got into their spaceship and flew away. Yeah, X-Men, we are going back to Children of the Vault, which is like cool, but everyone's about to be judged. I was just confused. I can't remember. Did they discuss when that was happening? Was this happening? Is this happening after it? Before? I don't remember. It's just hard when it's like, oh, the world's about to end and we're being judged. And then it's like, all right, well, here's this whole other separate story. And so I'm like, either A, this happened before. And if it happened before, then it was all solved because then Axe happened. If it happened after, then guess what? Axe is all fine and solved because this is happening after. It (laughs) kind of shits on both stories. Meanwhile, in a parallel universe, the X-Men fight the Children of the Vault. Yeah, basically, Forge the thing Forge and Xavier were doing is they're building this reality bubble around the vault so that they can just think they're taking over the world when in fact yeah. they're just in a reality bubble and they're not doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's very like, it's like Sabretooth in prison. It's very early. It's like Sabretooth number one where Sabretooth is in the pit. Yeah. And is living these fantasies and well, you know. Yeah. Also it also looks a lot like the world. Remember the world? Yeah. Yep. With Phantom X. Where's Phantom X right now? Right behind you. Ah, cluster or pluster. Is it cluster? He's gallivanting. Is he out gallivanting? Also, um, Firestar, don't like her new. Give her her classic outfit, please. Oh, I, I like it. She I looks like too it. much like Rachel. I'm starting 
Rachel's a lesbian now. I know her new outfit with they brought back her mullet and she's in full flannel. It's so offensive. Listen, I'm just happy her name is not prestige anymore. Anyway, Firestar. I like Iceman and Firestar being like a a like I like that they keep providing symmetry in splash pages. Yeah. But speaking of changes of outfits, the most drastic change of outfit, Caliban. What is going on? Hi, I just decapitated you and made you into a suit. And he's like, Forge, where am I? Why can't I feel my body? The last thing I remember is having a drink with you. So you just kidnapped him and and destroyed his body? What is happening? This is not cool. He harnessed his powers. Because Caliban is now a talking harness. Is this like, did it. they make a duplicate? I'm wondering is like, did they like duplicate him like in an egg? I think he killed him. I think he killed him. And then like, just fucked up what came out of that egg. <laughs> Made it That's more apparent. That's terrible. And then he's person. probably just going to kill him again. Not update that thing and use it. Because they need Caliban to find, um, uh, what's his name? Evolve your guy. Darwin. 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 Um, which... If Darwin's been there for a thousand years, I'm thinking Darwin's their leader now. What do you think? I'm thinking he's like their leader and he doesn't want to Oh, good call. I bet you he's like, fuck all of you. (laughs) Good call. Or he's like, who are you? I don't remember. (laughs) Wow. You know, if somebody would have whipped out that Caliban harness at New York Comic Con, like standing ovation, but not enough time. (laughs) That was awesome. Or oh no, you if you have a baby, you can make the baby. That's the outfit you wear for your baby. You get like a little oh, baby going yeah. and make a little you turn your baby into Caliban. Um two more non- near Comic-Con stories. One, the hype guy before the Oscar Isaac spotlight. I hate the hype guy. You know, oh we need 10 people up on stage, we're going to have a dance competition like that asshole. Yeah. Yeah. He actually did something I thought was so funny. He went into the audience where a man was holding an 11-year-old girl who was dressed up in cosplay. It's like some anime character or something. He saw her on the iMag, which is when the camera points the camera onto the audience. You see the audience on the big screen, like the Jumbotron. Anyway, so we're watching this happen on the big screen where the hype man says to the father, he bantered for a little bit, and he's like, all right, look, I'm going to create a moment for you. All I'm going to say is we're going to play a piece of music. You are going to know exactly what to do as soon as we play that music. And it's going to be one of the best moments of your life. Are you ready? The guy's like, what is it? He's like, we're just going to play the music and you're going to do what comes naturally. You ready? Yeah. And they played. The Lion King and the guy instinctively raised the 11 year old girl up in the air and cheered for and worshipped the baby girl while the Lion King was on. It was one of the funniest crowd moments I've been part of. (laughs) Was he on stage or did you do that in the audience? From the house. Oh, fun. Other story. Totally forgot to tell you another creator that I met and I forgot to tell you about is um, I was reminded when you said that somebody called something out in Marauders. 
um, that issue of Avengers where Hawkeye calls out the Celestial, the progenitor, for the iffy rules about judgment. Oh, yeah. In that Avengers issue written by Mark Russell, who wrote Snagglepuss yes. and Flintstones. Yes. I met him and I talked to him about Snagglepuss and Flintstones and I bought a collect a trade paperback of Snagglepuss and he signed it. We talked about the Hawkeye issue and why it was important for him to like call that out. It was great. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Let's talk about Axe X-Men number one. I feel um, very confused because it's just like, you've all, the final judgment has happened. And then they're like, wait, no, we're still being judged because I'm being tested. And I'm like, what is going on? Wait, are you being judged? I thought he decided it. we failed. Or is this happening right. before that? Right. I'm still very no, confused. It's, no, it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. Because, like, weren't people dying outside? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was a lot of, like, testing Jean Grey. But I guess for me, it's like, what did all this... If this issue didn't happen, then what would be different? Nothing. In fact, it was so weird where Iron Man is like, she's like, I failed. And Iron Man's like, damn it. And it's like, what? it already happened. Yeah. Also, that wasn't her. She did not blow up that planet. That was not her. Yeah. And also, like... Phoenix. A little, little cliche. And it's, little cliche it's very clunky of how they Barbie. switched Phoenix out. And it was, she was in a coma at the bottom of the ocean and the Phoenix Force took the form of Jean Grey and then blew up that planet. That was not Jean Grey. So why is she being judged for that? Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, you already interrupted what you were saying. No, you didn't. It, I just think the progenitor is, um, I think he's just an old school X-Men fan. And he's like, I'm a, I'm a Claremont purist. <laughs> he's like, I don't even think X-Factor should exist, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should have made Kitty Black. Oh, ooh, too far. Oh, my God. Um, what... Uh, yeah, nothing happens. Nothing happens. In yeah, it. it's, you know, again, it's these kind of like rather insipid character studies, you know, and it's like the Hawkeye one I thought worked. Um, the Gene one, the only thing I liked, it was the last line where someone like, was it Logan who was like, well, she was Xavier's prize student. She's not used to failing tests or she doesn't like getting basically like Gene doesn't like getting bad grades. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, fuck off, asshole. Uh, I would say she's about to go Dark Phoenix, but we don't want to open that can of worms. Yeah. I want her and Echo to like have a moment together. Yeah. A scissoring moment. Should we talk about um, some things we watched? Actually, can we just do a regular comic really quick? Sure. Hit. Do you mind hitting music? I guess I'll have to hit the music. Hit it. <laughs> you gotta get a comic if you wanna get a hit. So I wanted to just call out, point out uh, Edge of Spider-Verse, number five, written by Steve Fox, which has introduced us to, you know, yet another multiversal Spider-Man. Um, this one is Webweaver. He is our first homosexual 
version of Spider-Man. Is he Peter Parker? No, he is a gay kid that was in class with Peter Parker, had a huge crush on Peter Parker, and moved Peter, pushed Peter Parker out of the and way. And he got he bit. He saw the spider coming. What's and his he name? Gay crush. What's his name? His name is Web Weaver. No, but what's his like real name? Oh, it's still um, alliterative. It is... Faggy Faggerson. Cooper, it is uh, Co- Cooper Cohen. Cooper Cohen. Oh. Cooper Cohen and part of his like web powers is he just magically creates these like woven quilty webs. Oh my god, he sews with his webs. Oh my god. Because he works in the theater. He works in the theater. No, I'm sorry, he does not work in the theater. It's better. He works in fashion. Take a guess who his straight out of Devil Wears Prada boss is. Janet fucking Van Dyne. <laughs> Janet Van Dyne is his boss. Wait, he does got his he, does he shoot the webs out of his body or does he make the web shoot? He, like, he makes them kind of appear. Okay. Like they, they start like spiraling out of his hands. It's part, but it's part of his powers. Yeah. It took me a while. I was like, I kept going back, like, but I think they are part of his powers because there's no device or anything. And I bet you his spidey sense is like he can tell if someone's a top or a bottom. Absolutely. He's just like, hey, how are you? <gasps> uh, oh, you're another bottom. Mm. He's a femme New York gay that works in fashion. And how do you think he lost his parents and was raised by his aunt, as all Spider-Men are? Because they were they fans. tried to take him to conversion therapy and got into a car accident on the way. Uh, they kicked him out for being gay. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, <laughs> I was so- on the right path. <laughs> He was raised by his Aunt Lori and her wife, Mel. And Mel dies? Does Mel die? No, no. They both... Maybe. No, they both They both live. Um, there is a influencer who Janet Van Dyne is trying to court to her runway show. And instead, the influencer and Cooper Cohen's ex-boyfriend uh, are canoodling and doing business with Janet Van Dyne's biggest competitor in fashion, North Star. Lovely. Wait, who's oh his ex boyfriend's canoodling with North Star? Yes. <gasps> so this is the universe where he's not married. Yes. The- <laughs> Dream. <laughs> um, while Web Weaver is gallivanting around the city, he runs into Silk, who is a hot Asian boy. Oh. And they're flirty. Oh. Uh, Cooper got Peter Parker a job as a fashion photographer for Janet Van Dyne's runway shows. But then it all turns evil when he starts sexually harassing him. (laughs) He's like, Peter, can I take some pictures? Don't you want this job? Why don't you lose that shirt? And then he's like crying. He's like Coco from the movie Fame. He's like, oh. Irene Cara. Yeah. I'm gonna live. All right. Anyway, that's the comic book segment. I, I have to read to that. It I have I to read. read it. I'm gonna read that. It looks sounds amazing. Fabulous. It sounds amazing. It's fabulous. All right. Let's now talk let's about talk TV. Let's talk about some things we watched. Hit the music. Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. Wait. Do we talk about werewolf or She-Hulk? Werewolf. I want to talk about something else real quick. Oh my god. This was something that was released in the Comic-Con, I believe. 
is they had the preview for the new season of Titans, which I didn't even think was going to be renewed. <gasps> yes. Um, just that Mother Mayhem is the new villain, which I'm down with. Um, it yes. looks I don't see Wonder Girl anywhere, which bums me out. Yes. But uh, and I don't see Jason Todd, which I felt he was too irredeemable, which I agree with. But it just, it looks like I'm like, oh yay, they're back. I'm just happy that they're going to be back. Uh, I almost went to see the panel with them, with specifically Superboy, Beast Boy, and Nightwing. But um, by then, conned out. Like friends had to leave and catch planes, so we left. That's but. good because you've been like, does anyone have any questions? You're like, yes. Can I please? Can you please uh, rail me, all three of you, in a game thing? <laughs> <laughs> Let's all masturbate. <laughs> is my question. Um, yeah, so that's I'm very excited. And there's also season four of Doom Patrol. They dropped that trailer. Oh, I didn't well. watch that shit. All right, I'll have to oh, see yeah. that. Okay, but let's oh, yeah. talk about She-Hulk first. Yes, please. So She-Hulk, we we missed two episodes since we did not have one last week. Um, once again, my complaint with this, and uh, I was talking to Joe, and he's like, Marvel is lately making these as if they're just really long movies. That's why they're like 20 to 30 minutes. There's only like six to seven episodes. Like he's just like, they end up just being like three, four hour slicing movies. Slicing up a movie. Yeah. It's like slicing up a movie. And I feel it's like to the detriment where I just feel there's so much good stuff happening. Not that you would believe all the incels coming after everyone saying that this is so bad and awful and crazy. Um, I read an article where a woman was talking about how this is ruining the MCU by making it too lighthearted and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, good. sometimes there's things for other people. Sometimes everything just can't be the same. It's okay to have something for women and gay people. Let us have this. Yeah. Also, pick up, like, fuck off. Pick up a She-Hulk book. Like, we understand that this has always been She-Hulk. Yeah, because you know what else had different audiences? Comic books. Thank and you. comic now, book characters. That is the whole point of where we are now. It's no longer phase one through three was that linear, tight, focused kind of like same genre, same feel. And then the multiverse happened and also diversification and thinking about the longevity of Marvel Studios and the comics. And so we diversified and we started offering movies and TV on the shelves available to us, just like the comics that we could either pick up. Or not. Yeah, and I just want to say this. So many people, um, this mostly men, are talking about how phase four is the worst phase and whatever. I watched a TikTok of a guy. He's like, did the analytics of the reviews, the Rotten Tomato scores, the box office. And he was like, if you add all up of all of these reviews, the ones that are the best reviewed is the ones in phase four. The difference right. is if you look at critic reviews, versus um, audience reviews with the biggest, and he, he did a thing where he's like, if you look at the biggest um, difference between the critics trashing a movie and then the audiences liking the movie, or was it vice versa? Basically, he when, when he did this thing of like saying, showing the ones that had the biggest difference, he was like, it all just coincides with a woman or a person of color being yeah, a star. It's all fan bomb. And he's just Absolutely. like, he, and basically he's like, I can scientifically prove that all of this is basically um, misogyny and racism. Absolutely. It's so, quantifiable. Yeah. And so I am loving She-Hawk. Um, we got a nice little kind of bottleneck episode of her being ghosted and going on a retreat with um, Annihilation at his retreat, which was cute. Abomination. Abomination, Annihilation. Abomination, which was just <clears throat> super cute. It was great. It was a great supporting cast with these D-list Marvel characters like Man Bull and El Aligar. Um, Aguilar? 
I can't remember. Uh, who was a mutant, by the way. Oh. In the books. As you see, you saw him discharge his lightning through his sword. Yeah. That's his mutant ability. He needs to be holding metal to discharge his electricity. Typically did it through a sword. That's his mutant power. So that's fun. But for me, oh, I can't. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to talk to you about this finally. So you and I ingested heavily in the 80s the Marvel Handbook official, uh, the Marvel Universe official handbook of the dead. Yes. You know, we devoured that when we were kids. Those images live on in our brains. Porcupine was in that. (laughs) And Porcupine, that stupid suit has been etched in my brain since a little kid because I read that handbook of the dead so many times. To see him in the TV and to have it be such a comedic character was blissful. Yeah, it was great. And I just love the idea of just like her just like not knowing how to date and not get being ghosted. And I called for right away. I was like, oh, he was trying. He's going to try and get her blood just like those other people. Oh, yeah. Too good to be And true. in the end, this guy never liked her. He just wanted to bang her and get her blood and run. The funniest part was that guy who thinks he's a vampire in the support group. He was like, you probably want your blood. And they're like, oh, shut up. Stop it. And that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, but there is a guy that likes her for her. Yeah. In the next episode. Yeah, Mr. Matt Murdock. Oh, this was so good. This had everything that I wanted. Everything. Brett, everything. I am telling you, it everything. had sex. Oh. It had action. It Port. had a team up. It had court um, um, shenanigans. It was everything it that had, you wanted. It had Matt, Matt Murdock and Jen Walters sitting at a bar drinking or debating in court, and it had She-Hulk and Daredevil fighting and teaming up. Like, it and did fucking it all with these characters and fucking. Which Which then him doing the, that walk of shame walk in his suit was so fucking bare funny. feet. It is the that was one of the funniest shots in the entire history of the Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe. And then also going Going then to her being like, wait, why isn't it over? Is it, we're doing the, wait, we're going to do the, the. She's like, what is the scene? We're doing the award ceremony now? I thought it would be a big twist at the end, like, like Red Hulk or something. Huh. Yeah. I think that's what her blood is being used to make. Oh, shit. Red Hulk. I think Red Hulk is going to be coming up, but how, but isn't William Hurt's character Red Hulk? Yes. So I wonder who that's going to be. There is rumor. There's rumor. Will, rumor Willis? Rumor Willis is going to be it's Red rumor Hulk. Rumor Willis is going to be Red Hulk. Oh. Not Red She-Hulk. Red Hulk. No, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford? Is he going to play the same character? I'm not sure, but I've seen, I'm seeing Harrison Ford associated with Thunderbolts, specifically like a Ross-type character. Ah. I don't know if they're recasting Ross to be Harrison Ford or if he's going to be like a Ross equivalent. Interesting. But yeah, but his name is that's attached. one thing. If they are going to do him, where is, uh, is it Betsy Ross? Who's his girlfriend? Yeah. Wait, yeah, I, Betsy Ross, Betty Ross, Betty, Betty Ross. Okay, Betsy Ross sewed the flag. Betty Ross, we think, is the daughter. It probably of, wasn't her. Be, okay, sorry, Betsy Ross's slave sewed the flag. Yes, let's correct. Yeah, let's get that out of the way. And Betty Ross's dad is Red Hawk. Okay, um. I love this. It's great. And then but also it, Betty Ross. Hold on. Betty Ross is Red She-Hulk. 
that's right. But she's nowhere to be found except in What If is the only other place we've seen her. Yo, what if she's the fucking Hulk King? I would be down with that. But who's going to play her? Who is the last person to play her? Jennifer Connelly? What are you talking about? Or is about? it Liv Tyler? Who played her in the movie? Liv Tyler. No, but Jennifer Connelly played oh, her in oh, the Ang you... Lee one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you knew Liv, it was Liv Tyler. Tyler. It was Liv Tyler. Yeah. I wonder if they'll bring Liv Tyler back. Hmm. I mean, she's I not think they're bringing. Anything. No, 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 she's not. I think they're going to bring um, the leader back. I think it's going to be Tim Blake Nelson from the original, from that Ed Norton Hulk. Oh. Remember, like, he, the thing drips into his head right. at the end and it, like, his forehead starts to bubble? Right. And he's supposed to be in Captain America New World Order. I think it is I think it is Red Hulk connected too. I think Leader is gonna make Red Hulkings. Right. How can they not do that? Yeah. How can they not do Red Hulk? We figured it out. We don't need to watch it anymore. Case closed. I just love it. I just wish it was longer. I it really is like I feel like right as it gets into like I feel like it's like, oh, and now we're oh, it's the end of the episode. Shit. Like Yeah. Which I guess is a good thing, but it's like it's starting to annoy me that it's not longer. Yeah. Matt Murdock is a touch lighter, don't you think now? Now that he's pulled out of the Netflix yes. context. Like he's jokier. He's certainly smile he smiles a lot. Yeah. Flirts. So handsome. Oh, so cute. Love it. Love it. Okay, and then we have the Marvel Marvel's first special presentation. Um, Werewolf by Night, which dropped a few days ago on Disney Plus. Werewolf by Night. Okay, I'm gonna. Can we do a one, yeah, two, let's three? do a one, two, three. All right. Okay. One, two, three. Love I love it. Like, it's, it's perfection. It's perfect. It's one of the I best just, things I've ever seen in my it life. It's perfect. It is. It is perfect. It's one I of can't. the best things I've ever seen. It is it's, so It's my top three. It's good. my top three MCU. It's, yeah, I'm it's there Soldier, too. WandaVision, and yeah, Werewolf. Yeah, I'm there period. too. Period. The fact that it was shot in black and white, it paid homage to all of those old monster movies. Universal movie monsters. But then the let it be gory and bloody and let it just have this tension and the acting was so good. Everyone, that girl just won the Emmy for Hacks, the who played the stepmom. I forget what her name is. Yeah, yeah, she was incredible as Ulysses Bloodstone's widow. And then Elsa Bloodstone. Forget it. Forget it. Mrs. True from the Nevers, what's her Laura Laura Donnelly, is that her name? I think so. Give yeah. the, She was perfect. This needs to be we need more. Perfect. This cannot be the end of those characters. Like cross so Indiana good. Jones. Yes. Indiana Jones with Buffy with Jessica Jones. With but with like 50s with 50s monster like with like the, Yeah. And swamp thing. We can man thing. Man thing. Man oh thing. I didn't know man thing was going to be in it. And they rocket and grooted werewolf by night and man thing like they turn man thing into ludo from labyrinth yes <laughs> it's like so good it's so good it's so good and gael garcia bernal was so good so like, good he is one of the best face actors like he's just so great and i just love that from he um itu mama tambien we have him starring in werewolf by night and then the other guy is starring in um in andor andor who would have yeah. thought these two guys jerking off in a pool would end up being the stars of of, of Disney. Um, it's incredible. I 
like for me, even I was with Joe and it takes a lot to, as we all know, it takes a lot to impress my boyfriend. The scene where he transforms, where it's panning in and as the lightning is flashing, you see the shadow of him transforming while it zooms in on Elsa with her looking horrified. One of the most beautiful shots I have ever seen. One of the most beautiful monster transformations ever, ever. So the director, whose name is escaping me, is um, is a composer. Yes, he's a music composer, and I believe this was his like directorial. Yes, debut. amazing. And it really amazing. shows just and the the scoring, the comp- the composition, the music was incredible. It never stops. There's always well, the fact that it's just an hour, it's just so tight. There's no room for anything. I mean, it's got that surprising act three. He doesn't transform until act three. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so like it's got good. the beautiful setup of Act One, and then it's got the tilt of turns out he's there to save the monster, and she's there to get the stone. And then his you know, the, the revelation that he's werewolf transformation. Like it is a perfect three act structure that just like stays ahead of you. It's so good. It's so good. I just, I want to watch it. Like, I want to watch it every day during spooky season. I like, definitely I will it. watch this every Halloween, like every October. Oh, of course. I'm going to rewatch this every Halloween and make and other also, people watch it, it. It got me excited for the monster corner of the Marvel Universe. Like, I really feel like we could have a Guardians of the Galaxy type group, but they're the horror characters. And remember when that was um, Tom Cruise tried to start that? Yeah, exactly. With the mummy? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, yeah this is what you were supposed to do, the, dummy. The, yeah. That's how you do it. That's how you do I mean, it. it's so cute. And then what I really loved was the Wizard of Oz nod at the end where Elsa touches the bloodstone and the bloodstone seeps color into her and her surroundings. And they play and Somewhere of the color. Rainbow, which that happens in Wizard of Oz where everything turns to color. That is Warner Brothers right. So I'm very surprised that they got the rights to that. Oh, interesting. Um, but then you cut to Jack and Man-Thing outside and they're playing an old Victrola. And so that they're listening to Judy Garland on a record on an old Victrola. And I was like, I wonder when in the Marvel Cinematic Universe this takes place. Like, is this really the 30s or was this just presented to us like the 30s it's, and they happen to have a Victrola? I, I, but I will say, I, this, will say I was looking at just I just just going off of that real quick. The, the suits and the the soldier suits looked modern. So I am was very confused of so when it modern. was. Yeah. Yeah, and their weaponry too. Yeah. That's a great point. I, yeah, I was like how come they have weapons like this in the 30s? But it was then I noticed and I'm so dumb. It's like, yeah, dummy, you had these high-tech weapons, but you also had a French press. <laughs> sitting next to man thing um in that final scene yeah. in color where they're listening to the victrola i was like oh there's a fucking french press so it can't be that french presses that. were are new how oh maybe they're not <laughs> well it was like a modern looking one <laughs> it had a it, was like cheap it had target on it <laughs> <laughs> it did look modern it looked like one you would buy today if that means anything i'm an idiot well, we don't. But know. I just love. I love that. And that's the, the thing is MCU. I mean, but that's the thing. She had to get the bloodstone, and I think they should just do a continuation where they get different. They should do one with romancing the stone, um, with Kathleen Turner. Oh, yeah. They should do one with Emma Stone. They have yeah, to get Emma Stone. Do, they, sh- they have to get Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. 
Yeah, it'll be great. Pat, Patsy Stone. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> That's pushing it. All right. Um, it's amazing. It's great. It's spooky, spooky, spooky. Are you ready for spooky stuff? I'm always ready, baby. I watched the original Hellraiser so I can get prepped for the new one. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Did you like it? Yes. It was both painful and pleasurable. Um, I also um, saw something. What? I saw bros. Oh, so did I. Um, it's really sad that this flopped because we're never going to have a mainstream gay thing ever made probably again in a movie. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's okay. But here's the problem is that, um, Billy Eichner just can't lead a movie. I'm sorry. That was my problem. I think a lot of it. Yeah, sure. Like everyone went to homophobia about the flop, but I also think a good part of it is that he's just really annoying. Yeah. It's just, he was very unlikable, but that's the thing is I was like, you know what though? It's not just people are like, Oh, it was written that way. And I'm like, I bet you if Dan Levy played this part, it would have been a hit. That's just, I'm just going to throw that out there from Shit's Creek. Oh, I think you're absolutely correct. I really think, because I will tell you there were jokes that were so funny. And I was laughing hysterically. So funny. The whole Deborah Messing scene, amazing. Oh my God. Hilarious. There was a lot of great stuff in it. But here's my other thing. As someone who I was forcing you to watch BLs, do you know what's going on in those BLs? Do you know what they're not talking about every second in these BLs I had you watch? They're not talking about being gay straight every five people. seconds. And they're not talking about straight right. people and gay people. Every single I did not know who any character was because all they did was talk about how they are gay. Absolutely. And he has what three kind of self indulgent monologues yes, in the movie? Yes. Where yes, which I I like I get that he protected it in that's what his character does and that's his character's response to the world around him. But still, Billy Eichner, you're writing yourself three fucking like real. And I think that's where they lost monologues. when you're going to make it that much gay teaching. It's suddenly now for straight people. Right, exactly. And which is which then you need to be marketing it was differently. The intended audience. If you're marketing yeah. it like it's all gay people and gay people, and then I watch it and it's like, did you know what gay people are like? And I'm like, yeah, I do know because I'm gay. Do you know this movie? You know, this movie felt exactly. This movie felt like it was made by Charles Xavier. You know what I mean? Like it feels like it's like like pro, like aren't we nice pro mutant propaganda for humans? Yeah. And I think that was the thing is I feel like the movie was close, but it just missed the mark. It needed to just be recast. And they but it just was funny. And they needed to just have more uh, chemistry between. The, there was not enough lines to create chemistry between the two romantic leads. I I think Luke McFarlane really did his best. Oh, I agree. And, like, and he's so beautiful. Really tried yeah. to like, I mean, he's the most. Well, he's a Hallmark like, actor. He knows how to build yeah, sexual mean, chemistry he, and tension. Exactly. And, I mean, he did it with straight women. Like he plays a straight guy in every like Hallmark and. But Billy Eichner's like, <laughs> "Why do you like me?" And I'm like, "Why do why, you like him?" Why that? And that is the flaw of the movie. Nobody sits there, understanding what Luke McFarlane's character sees in Billy Eichner's character. Yeah. Like it's just, it's like M Night writing him, writing him himself as like the 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 writer that changes the world in signs. Like Billy Eichner just did that. Yeah. In bros. But I, I still am like, 
It's it's it wasn't like the worst thing I'd ever seen in the world. I just felt oh, it I was it. uh it was hilarious. I just felt it there was just much for uh improvement. And I think the yeah. the things that I had problems with, I think are why it did not do that well. Yeah, and the title should have been We Are Gay in different like we are we are gay. Yeah. Oh. We are gay. We are gays. Did you finish Ken Porsche yet? I have two left. Okay. I have two left. I have gotten through Vegas and Pete. Have they had sex yet? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That scene is crazy. I mean, that's like some... Hot. It's hot. It's like, just put the camera on. The, like, give us the penetration. Well, I know. And you're just like, I shouldn't think this is hot. But it's hot. Well, I mean... Yeah. I mean, he is holding him prisoner. So you're like, this is problematic, but yeah. it's fuck, it's hot. Jesus. All right. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Oh! It is. It is. I'm excited. I'm excited for the final two. I'm very excited. <sighs> I was telling my, my my friend from Chicago about it because I kept like humming the theme song as I do every day. <laughs> and we got back to my place and I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to play this theme song. <laughs> We just like we played it a few times, <laughs> like the Kin portion of my friends. So good. Gay. All right. Gay, spooky, spooky, gay. Spooky, gay, gay, spooky. And remember, everyone, if you like things that are spooky, but when you get spooked, you go, that means. How do we do this? Kiwi Comics. Oh, that makes you queer. Ooh. Bye. Bye. Bye.